podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to Uncovered with Barat Sundarason and Jared Kimber on the 99.94 Network. Stop touching your mic and stop swearing as we start. Welcome to Uncovered <laughs> with Jared Gimba and Barat Sundaresan. I'm, I'm losing control over my mic. You play with on. the mic still. Stop swearing and stop playing with the mic. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh okay, my sorry. God. I'd like to apologize to anyone with human ears uh, who happen to be listening to this. Um, uh, lucky Nick's, Nick, our regular producer, is on holiday. So. Uh, <laughs> oh no, yeah. Nick would not have this pass. Absolutely fine. Uh, thank you for everyone following us on YouTube or if you're now following us on Twitter where we stream these. And of course, it will be out uh, in a few hours on the podcast as well. Uh, we uh, Barrett's got to go do some commentary soon. So there's three test matches on. I suppose the most important one is one that's finished because it actually finished. Uh, I thought Bangladesh played very, very well. Um, I'm not sure I had. I, I, saw, I saw little bits and, and I focused in on, on, on parts of the game. Um, but I, I slept through the last bit because, you know, they played on Christmas Day, which is the fifth game that I found that's been played on Christmas Day. There might be a few others that I couldn't find. It was a very hard thing to search. Um, uh, so I missed it on Christmas Day. But I think all things considered, I had a piece that I never quite got to, but it's on my board, which says uh, Bangladesh sneaky good right now. Um, after the first test, I'm going to be honest, that, that video didn't get made. Uh, Barra. But after this test, I was thinking, I'm not that far away. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it took Bangladesh a while to start getting over the line on and off in white ball cricket against India. And uh, this is the first time it feels like they're getting closer and closer to India in test cricket. Unfortunately, of course, they don't play India as often in test cricket as they do in some of the other formats. So you, they might have to wait a while before uh, they do finally record a win against this Indian team. But uh, it, how things have changed, though, I remember my first... Oh, sorry. I'm just struggling with this mic. I'm so sorry. You are struggling with the mic. For those who don't know, so Bangladesh made 227 in the first innings. India made 314. And at that stage, kind of felt like they weren't far enough ahead, I suppose. Um, Bangladesh only added an extra 231 in the second innings. Uh, but uh, India... Oh, they, they were four for 40 overnight. Does that sound right? Yeah, um, yeah, they were. Something around there, um, which is one reason I would have got up if it wouldn't have been Christmas morning, and I probably would have watched <laughs> it. And then, uh, and what, crawled over the line. There was a late drop. Was it Mominal Huck who did a, a drop right towards the end? So they yeah. were right, uh, right in it, and in the end, India uh, passed the total with seven wickets down, so 145 for seven. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought... All things considered, it uh, was, was a very good game for Bangladesh and they've got to be pretty happy with that. No, exactly. I'll, I'll go back to my point that I was making before my mic just g- dropped on me, literally dropped on me. Um, 2010 is when I went to Bangladesh for the first time and India played two test matches there. And I remember the, uh, the first test in particular in Chittagong where Mushfakir uh, Rahim made his first test 100. And, you know, this is when, well, yeah, they'd been playing test cricket for 10 years, but... Uh, there was still a very young test nation in that sense back then. And um, the media was, uh, you know, a lot of people say a lot of things about the Bangladesh media, but they're just a passionate lot. And I remember the whole press box exploding with delight when Mushfiqur Rahim finally got over the line. And that was also, and uh, it almost felt like they'd, they'd, they'd won. There was a big moment for them for one of their own to make 100 against India. 
And that was also the infamous uh, test match or infamous series where Virinder Sehwag captained the first test and called them an ordinary side. And I'll never forget Jared the next morning in that, uh, what was the old Chittagong press box? I think they uh, refurbished it for the 2011 World Cup. So it's this tiny little box, uh, and lovely ground, lovely place, Chittagong. And uh, India, are, like they were here, they were 4 for 40. And then Sachin Tendulkar made 100, I know. But when they were 4 for 40, there were, I think, six Indian journalists, including me. We were surrounded by the Bangladeshi press and they were all shouting out the same thing to us. Who's ordinary now? Who's ordinary now? And I was like, I didn't call them ordinary. I like Bangladesh. Like, I think Mahmoudullah is my favorite player. So, <laughs> it was, and, and it was it was quite uh, intimidating, to be honest. And then so I remember Sachin Tendulkar making 100. And then the press conference was quite volatile. Uh, you know, and Sachin Tendulkar used to get these eyes if he was unhappy with the question. And he gave those eyes to a lot of Bangladeshi journalists that day. But that's how it used to be. But now, mm. uh, you know, they've won a lot at home. They've beaten a lot of teams at home. And um, yeah, they just seem to be inking closer and closer to, to beating India. But, uh, you know, the one takeaway for me from this match was what a year it has been for our Ashwin. What a couple of years it's been for him. You know, scoring the winning runs in a World Cup match against Pakistan in front of 93,000 people at the MCG just two months ago. To now, you know, starring with the bat in a in a run chase in a match. I mean, pinch, these are things that pinch blocking for the Royals as well. Like he's, uh, exactly after exactly. years of people like us go, he's kind of an all rounder. He's like, no, 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 everyone. I want you to definitely think of me as an all rounder now. Yes. Uh, if you haven't seen, he also has a YouTube channel. So subscribe, press the bell icon for you me should. and him, um, <laughs> and for Barat. And Barat's probably got one as well. But. Um, yeah, no, so I thought that was interesting. We've obviously had two, uh, well, the first first day of both those tests. By the time the podcast comes out uh, for a few people, there might have been, we might be into the second day. But um, uh, no, I would say nothing massively to report from the MCG other than the fact that South Africa's batting still can't go uh, very well. Um, obviously, Green took a five for uh, more the tail end, middle order um, than, than running through the top order. But um, certainly he was quite handy. And Baba Azam. I think he did he equal the most hundreds by a Pakistani in international cricket year. Um, Muhammad Yusuf and Yunus Khan, I think, uh, you know, so uh, again, a very similar for me. It was really interesting because, you know, recently people were starting to say to me, you know, what technical flaws does Baba Azam have uh, which stops him from making runs? Like, you know, going on to make big runs. I was like, that's not a technical flaw. (laughs) There's not a switch that happens when you get to 50. If there was, Joe Root would have spent all the money in the world to work out uh, how to get past it. Uh, let's take a break here. We've got um, some, I just, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run through the sort of the top line news stories from all the IPL. So don't worry, I'm not going to be, um, you know, asking you where Gerbaz is going to be batting or, uh, you know. <laughs> Thank God. Is, ha- is Habrik Bra finally going to get a full season this year? But I'm going to go through the, 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 the top, um, the top uh, um, news items from each IPL. So mm. get, get your IPL auction head on and we'll have a short break and we'll be back in a moment. Edges and Sledges is India's favourite cricket podcast with a focus on Indian cricket and the IPL. Every week, three ordinary cricket fans, DJ, Varun and me, Ashwin, get together to discuss the biggest Indian cricket-related stories. We've done some cool interviews, including Danny Morrison, Jamima Rodriguez and lots of other current and former players. But mostly, we just provide our own light-hearted take on Indian cricket as fans of the game. Episodes come out weekly on Apple, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So check us out, Edges and Sledges, for Indian cricket fans everywhere. 
on the 99.94 DM network. Cricket every day. All right, and Jared here on Uncovered. Uh, let's speak cricket. Sunrises. Uh, so I've done I've done the first seven and a half teams. I haven't quite finished Lucknow and or Gujarat or, or or CSK, but I have very strong feelings on about the first seven teams anyway. Uh, who's going to captain the Sunrises this year? Because I've been looking at that squad over and over again, and, and we know why this is a problem, because it was a problem when David Warner was captain. <laughs> uh, it was a problem when Kane Williamson was being captain. That's just recent times. I feel like there's another really obvious one I'm missing as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they used to have that... Uh, they had those seasons where they would have two, three captains. Darren Sammy was captain. Yes! Um, yeah. Was, was it... Uh, no, Cameron White was decking charges. But I remember Darren Sammy replaced someone else mid-season. Uh, or he was replaced mid-season. So they've always had that issue. There are, uh, some except people, when David Warner. Some people in the comments get very angry when I say that the Sunrises and Deccan Chargers are two different teams, by the way. Right. There's some, there are some hardcore Deccan um, Chargers loyalists. And to be fair, why would you change the team's name uh, when you were um, uh, Go the Chargers? Go the Chargers. Uh, what a great song go, as well. Go, go Chargers. Go. go. Yeah, I should. I remember getting a tuk-tuk driver in Sri Lanka to sing it. Uh, on camera once. And I don't even remember what the bit was about. Anyway, um, it, it is interesting. I don't see a captain there. Uh, so, uh, Boovy is my current thoughts. Um, yeah, well, he's been captain before. Mm, yeah, it, it's not it's not the worst one. It just, with his injury concerns and, and everything else, it seems like a bit of a stretch for him. But see, here we go. Uh, capitals. So, the Capitals. I have, I have an option, though. Oh, yeah? Brian Lara, off-field captain. I think that's what's going to happen. It's Brian Charles Lara, man. Like, yeah, he only knows to be a leader. So I, I have a feeling he'll be taking a lot of calls from the outside. I like the idea of him um, him just picking a different captain based on his his whim, how he's woken up in the morning, you know, just vibes, a vibes-based captain, a bit like how he was appointed the coach, vibes-based coach. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, Capitals, uh, qu- quite interesting there. They've gone for – they basically kind of needed someone in the middle order um, and they've ended up with Salt and Russo. And I'm a big fan of both of those players. I'm not sure how they fit them into this side. I think Salt, I had this feeling in my head and I can't remember if I've looked at the numbers, but I had this feeling in my head that he was, he's probably a little bit more adaptable to the middle order. So that's probably playing with England. I'm trying to remember back because domestically, I'd say he would have mostly batted up the order. But Russo is just like, the most quintessential number three in T20 cricket. Um, but his skills should translate further down if they go to, uh, if they need them. It's almost the, I almost feel like that was the most low key uh, IPL auction, what the Capitals did. Yeah, they barely featured, right? Uh, at, at some level, it was all about Rajasthan for a while and then Sunrisers had their go. Uh, and then, of course, the big buys were, as you expect, went to you know, Mumbai, Punjab and Chennai. They generally get the big buys, don't they? So, uh, yeah, Delhi Capitals kind of cruised along uh, to the extent like you generally when these days you have an IPL auction, Ricky Ponton kind of features quite heavily in it. He didn't. I didn't see a re- massive Ricky Ponting presence or a massive quote. Actually, oh, he was here. That's right. <laughs> That's why. Because I bumped into him yesterday. <laughs> no wonder we didn't see much of Ricky Ponting or in Kochi. Kochi, yeah. Hey, speaking of IPL, you know, I just bumped into 15 minutes ago outside my Airbnb. Someone who... I don't know. Is Kane Richardson still in the IPL? No, no, he isn't, right? He wasn't drafted this year, was he? No, he wasn't. Yeah, so he was just like, yeah, it was lovely. We were just entering our Airbnb with our dogs, Isha and I, and then uh, uh, Kane Richardson and his partner with their baby. So it was, uh, it was like this 
South Australian meetup, even though he's not South Australian, never was and was briefly, but not isn't anymore. But yeah, it's nice. So, yeah, it kind of took me to the whole. It, it set me up for the IPL auction, knowing that he's in there. He should be there. I think he's a really good bowler. Who would he play? Who I'm trying to think of who needs uh, a death, an overseas death bowler. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think back to the teams. Do you, do you know who could have? It actually might be the next team that's about to come up. So KKR, mm. they're just not a death team. Uh, and also they they did something really bizarre only because this, this feels like an old school uh, IPL move. They picked Litton Dust. Now, I think... <laughs> I think we all know I'm Linton Dust's biggest. In fact, he made runs in the test match. It took everything I had not to mention his score in that test match, um, which almost set up the victory. Uh, was set up a close game. Uh, he, <laughs> there's nothing in his numbers that suggests he should be in the IPL other than the fact that he played one of the best innings we've seen against India in that last World Cup. Yes. <laughs> and that's such a... I don't know. Was it, who, was it Heinrich Klaassen? Who, was it Heinrich Klaassen or one of the other... There was a random South African who did it in a game. And then ended up in, in Richard Levy, even though he didn't. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, even though he did not hit the, I think he hit a hundred against England, if I'm not mistaken, or some other, and New Zealand in a T20, and immediately was drafted into Mumbai. Was it? Uh, yeah, and then so you have obviously you know Cameron Green is another one uh, this time, and you do see them occasionally, but it's a nice, it's it's a nice uh, throwback. I think the biggest move they made probably was before the draft. They had a trade for and um, by trade. I don't mean trade, but they were given yeah. Gerbars. Um, yeah. Do you think, where do you rate Gerbars? I mean, I, I know I told you before I wouldn't bring him up, and now I have. Uh, but <laughs> do you think he's top three IPL material, or is he just below that? Uh, I think he will get there. Like some of the, like when you see him bad, there's definitely something special about him. Like I, I remember a couple of shots he played in that game against uh, Australia at the Adelaide Oval where Afghanistan almost got over the line, they should have. Uh, but even though all the focus was on Rashid Khan, not just because it was Adelaide, but because of the way he batted towards the end, there were a few shots Gurbaz played early on to give them that start, which really, you know, told you why there is this excitement about him. Like he's got these quick hands, he's really good to watch. So, uh, I think he'll get there. Maybe in the next... He's still young, isn't he? I think he, I'm pretty sure he's still in his... I mean... <laughs> he's an Afghanistan player. He's whatever age... They they say he is. Oh, let, let we'll we'll stick to the official ages. Yeah, <laughs> he's not thirty. He's his, yeah, he's not thirty. I think he's still like 25, 23, or whatever it is. Yeah, but I think there is there is something there for sure. Like yeah, and I the he's made to bat in the subcontinent though. He just you can make that out. Like you know he the way he scores his runs as well. He's good at hitting the ball straight down the ground. And I I think yeah I uh, twenty one says Sunit. So there you go. Well, that's what. We will call him a 21-year-old uh, Gorbaz for now. Like, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, th I think he could be interesting. I, I, you know, mm. it's, I, I feel like they're going to have to rely, not, maybe not, not on him having a great season, but I think they're going to have to rely on him being in the side um, for mm. a good period of time. Um, it'd be really interesting to see where he is. Um, shall we move on to Mumbai? Yes. Uh, who... They paid uh, what two point one? Is it two point one million? No, one point nine million. What did Green go for? Three point one five million. Three point one five million. I don't know the US. Uh... Yeah, roughly they paid a hundred thousand dollars per T twenty over that he has bowled yes. because he's bowled twenty one overs in his career. 
It, it, it's weird. There's part of me that thinks, look, I mean, I've been obsessed with Cameron Green for a, a very long time. Mm. And there is a part of me that thinks this could be the, almost a good sign, right? Because we're now getting to the point in T20 cricket where instead of waiting for someone to be very good, scouts, oh, yeah, yeah. scouts are saying, do you know what? This guy is good. And we're going to do that. The other part of me does go that this is not really, it's, he's not really been picked to be a rookie. Do you know what I mean? You've not picked him on a long, long term. And I know the Ambani um, son was talking about, you know, we've got a lot, lot of young players. And I get that. I see their squad. I, I kind of see what he's saying there. But if Cameron Green can never bowl more than two overs a game, he's going to have to be top 10 overseas batters to, to, to even, not even break even, but, you know, uh, to have any impact at all. It seems to me like a, you know, and, and, and let's not have a go at Mumbai. Everyone wanted him. There was, what, three or four teams bidding him up, and they were all going to pay a ridiculous amount. I don't know. Let's start with his bowling. I don't know yeah. where he bowls in T20 cricket at the moment that would best suit him. When you've seen him bowl in, t- you know, he's bowled so little. I don't think he can bowl up front. Maybe he can bowl a few overs in the middle. I think he'd get absolutely hammered at the death. Um, mm. There's no nothing to say he can't learn because he's bloody tall and he's fairly quick. Uh, and he, he he's reasonably accurate. I don't think he's specially accurate. But from a bowling perspective, you'd have to say, you, you're just guessing, right? You're just guessing that this is going to work in the, same ge- in the same way that teams are still guessing that Ben Stokes' bowling will one day work, right? <laughs> Especially in T20. Yeah, cricket, yeah, that's what I mean. When we're in T20 cricket and then he's batting. If they were desperate for an opener, it probably makes a lot more sense. That this hmm. year, is he going to open ahead of Ishan or Rohit? I can't imagine he's going to hit, uh, be ahead of Rohit. And surely Ishan makes more sense as an opener, although they could push him down a spot or two and move Sky around. But again, they picked him. It almost feels like they want his bowling at the moment more than his batting. But, but every time he has not uh, opened the batting in T20 cricket, he's looked like you batting. <laughs> uh yeah true that is true unfortunately you have seen me bad but i think that the the uh, what i was trying to get was i wrote this down when the auction happened they said cam green gives them lifetime value which is i think a strong statement yep. to make about uh and i liked it i mean i liked that term lifetime value um and, and look you i just finished writing a piece this morning and i don't think it's appeared yet on freak bus where i said uh just going back to the boxing day test uh, like on day one yesterday, yes, he did get a, a lower order wickets, but the way he broke that partnership, Jared, when nothing was happening, the ball was doing nothing, and Mitchell Stark had gone off the field, and he comes in and uh, he struggled with his bowling action a little bit this this summer, but I think he's got it aligned now. He's worked a lot with Andre Adams in the Nets in uh, Brisbane and and here at the uh, the MCG, uh, and you could see he was in good rhythm. But he then started bowling cross seamers and he actually got the two outswingers to go quite a bit. And I asked Kyle Verena this after the day's play and he said, yeah, nothing was happening. And then he got them to shape away uh, with those cross seamers. It came from nowhere. And I think that's where, in like I put it in my piece, like whatever, like what Mumbai Indians spent 3.15 million to get him. But in that spell, he really proved that he, why he's priceless. Australia. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's <laughs> slightly cheesy, but it is true though. I but mean, in test he... cricket, you can't really argue that, right? And it's not, not. And if you go back to what you were saying and what they were saying about, you know, this lifetime value, that's absolutely fine. But my mind goes back to if they'd made that same 
decision with Ben Stokes when he was young. Yeah. Right? We're still seeing Ben Stokes get paid a lot of money for not being a consistent T20 player. Yeah. I'm not saying Cameron Green is going to be like that and his development is completely different. Ben Stokes played a lot of cricket when he was young. Cameron Green yeah. hasn't played a lot of cricket, which means that every chance when he starts to play. it. But I, there's no way it's not a fascinating moment in uh, yeah. T20 cricket and the IPL specifically. Oh, no, no, absolutely. You're right. And, and But Mumbai Indians have also started, they have pioneered this this vision in T20 league cricket, right? Where they've invested in the likes of Brevis and others and like the way they bought Jofra Archer last year despite knowing he won't play. Mm -hmm. And I think by lifetime value, they almost mean like, we're going to get him before anyone else does. Even if it means that he doesn't play too many games this summer. We want Cam Green when he is at his peak. And he's not at his peak yet, right? He's 23. He's learning every day, like you said, with bat and ball and across all formats. He's barely played T20 cricket. You know, it helped what he did in India against some decent bowlers uh, in September. But what that lifetime value, the way I see it is what they mean is like, yes, we're taking a punt on him when he, he seems to be on fire in a way in T20 cricket. But we are investing in him for the future. When he's 27, 28, and you know, he's a world beater across all formats, guess who will have him? We will. And we would have invested so much money and energy in him that he will have our loyalty. So, or he'll be loyal to us. I think that's a very Mumbai Indians way of looking at it. And that's why I think it's a, it's a, you're right, it's a very significant moment in IPL history. That also suggests to me that they don't think that there's going to be another mega option in four years' time. Mm, there because, you go. Because how do you fit in Ishan Kishan, Sky, Bumrah, Jofra, Brevis, maybe Stubbs is on their side as well? Is yeah, it? he yeah. is. He is. Yeah. They've got a lot of young players who might come good in the next three or four years um, and a couple of players who are already absolute stars. I think they're betting on the fact that uh, that won't uh, happen. Anyway, we'll have a quick break. And then after the break, uh, we'll finish off with the rest of the teams. I'm Jared Kimber, the host of Red Inca on 99.94. But we're now adding a new weekly podcast, Double Century. It's about our sports, weird, funny, sad, and amazing history. So if you want to know about the man who could catch balls and birds, or what Avida may have done to a cricket club, search for us in your favourite podcast platform or find us on the 99.94 DM app. All right, welcome back to Uncovered with Jared Kimber and Barrett from the recent. Okay, let us go to um, Punjab. So Sam Curran, just fascinating. Uh, last, what, 18 months in T20 cricket for Sam Curran. He was a power play bowler whose batting didn't look that special mm. 18 months ago. And now he's a death bowler whose batting has uh, gone through the roof. I know that for a very long time, he's been trying to get up the order at Surrey. And it's not that Surrey didn't think he was talented. They just didn't think he was more talented than some of the other batting they had. Yeah. They've taken more risks on his batting recently. He's developed a little bit more. But that bowling, uh, you know, England fixing his bowling was remarkable. Having said all that, He's not particularly that tested batting up the order in, mm. in the higher leagues. And we've seen, what, seven games have been bowling well at the death. It's really interesting to go from, you know, go to a position where he wasn't, you know, uh, in favor at CSK. Is that the way of putting it? Um, uh, I don't know if that's quite right, but, you know, yeah. he's not there. <laughs> right and then suddenly everyone wanting him a little bit yeah. later it, it really is a huge turnaround um and and we do see this with all-rounders which you know goes back to the Cameron Green point yeah we do see with all-rounders uh that they 
sometimes take a while to develop just because Sam Curran was so good at bowling, he probably didn't spend as much time batting early in his career. Uh, but this is a big one. It is. And, uh, you know, it also goes back to the fact that uh, even yesterday on commentary, Simon Katic, who works with us, like, he was talking about it. And it, it. Everyone who's followed the IPL and the auction, and he's been part of a few, knows that these in-between auctions are the ones where you can, if your timing is right as a player, you end up making more money than you would in a bigger auction. Mm. Because teams go in with, uh, uh, what, at least 10, 15 players already there, retained. Uh, and they go into these auctions with very specific uh, needs, right? And clearly this time, I mean, an all-rounder is always going to be valuable. But this time you had like a particular kind of all-rounder floating around, like a Ben Stokes, a Cam Green, uh, a Sam Curran. Two proven, one in Cam Green's case, uh, with a lot of potential, enormous potential and talent. Uh, and that performance against India. So you knew that those three, you have those, nobody else in that class, right? In mm -hmm. terms of all-rounders. So it's not like a mega auction where you would have 11 or 12 of those, including a few Indians thrown into the mix. Here it was basically those three. And no surprises that those three went for such massive money. Uh, you can throw sort of uh, someone like a X-Factor talent like Harry Brook in there as well. Uh, you know, we forgot to mention him when we spoke about uh, uh, the Sunrisers. So, I think uh, that plays a lot into the price tag for Sam Curran. Also helps that you win the player of the tournament uh, in a World Cup just two months ago. And funnily enough, or ironically, the one game his death bowling didn't work was against India, right? Where Hardik Pandya tore him apart, if you remember. <laughs> so, you know, to that in contrast to the Liton Das... Uh, uh, case as we saw, like his innings as the Adelaide Oval again, again at the Adelaide Oval, one maybe ha might have won him that IPL deal. Uh, but I don't think he was. He fell out of favor in Chennai. I, every time I saw him play with Dhoni as captain, and I would always say this: you can always make out what Dhoni thinks of you as a player by looking at the way he celebrates a catch of your bowling. If that makes sense. But Dhoni he, wasn't captain last year. Bro. He wasn't. I think that's where <laughs> it changed. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Till two years ago, uh, mm. there was this. There's this thing with Dhoni. Like if he just like almost celebrates wickets or catches, matter of factly, that almost is his way of saying, "Look, I expect you to do this. There's no big deal. I mean, I rate you really highly." It's only when he starts getting excited that something's happened that he didn't expect to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. Also means that he doesn't rate the bowler as much as he rates someone else. Uh, so I thought he had he had won Dhoni's trust, but depends, right? In a different setup. And Chennai did start off struggling uh, in their last year. So I think that maybe have played into it as well. Uh, but, but still, to go from that to yeah. being sold for three and a half times more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean that it's, has... it's huge. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not that Chennai didn't think he was good. I, I felt yeah. at times with Chennai, they just didn't know how, they didn't feel that he could bowl outside of the power play. Yeah. And they didn't think his batting was quite at the level that, you know, that they probably wanted that to be if he couldn't bowl the four overs automatically. There's no doubt that in some ways he's a different player now than he was before. Yes. Um, but he, he's he he's not that um, he's not that much removed from the last IPL, and for yeah, his price to true. go through the roof, yeah, uh, it does seem a little bit crazy to me. I, I would I, I think about it as an analyst, like I could imagine the owners and the coaches being crazy for him, and I would have been saying nothing but negative things, despite the fact that. I was positive on Sam Curran as a T20 player when none of them rated him. So <laughs> it's such a weird situation to be in. Uh, RCB. So RCB get Will Jacks, which I find really, really interesting only because 
He's an off spinner who probably needs to bat in the top three. In fact, in his career, he's basically only ever batted in the top three. Um, and Glenn Maxwell is very similar. I, I, I yeah. assume he's the backup. And so we probably don't need mm. to go on that too long. But it is interesting that, that that Will Jacks is the player that fell to them. And they are going to be looking at it going, kind of two right-handers who bat in a similar position who both bowl part-time off spin. I mean, Will Jacks is probably a little bit better than Maxwell. But again... It sort of negates Maxwell's value to them if he can't bowl, unless they're just hoping that every team plays left-handed. Uh, oh, hey, there's a correction from um, uh, Dollar about Sam Curran. He was, of course, he pulled out due to, from the IPL last year because of a back injury. Yeah, see, it's your business to be on top of everything, Jared Kimber, not mine. Well, that's so, what I said yeah. when you were talking about Dhoni. I was like, well, Dhoni was a captain last year. It was, but that's what, yeah, I, I think I'm talking about when <laughs> Sam Curran last played for CS <laughs> given though he was captain. He did he, eventually captain last year. but, but He the, did eventually. But even so, to even if you don't play, there's something quite, I mean, that that's even more remarkable for him to turn around. I think uh, there's yeah. no doubt that he played very well in some of the other competitions and obviously went on uh, to be very well in the World Cup. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, the whole thing is very interesting. Uh, Royals? So, oh, just on RCB, I thought ooh. the other in, uh, impressive pick for me was Reese Topley. Uh, Strategically, I mean, fan- yeah. Yeah, fantastic story. I remember my former colleague Rob Johnston wrote this outstanding piece two years ago where he followed Reese Topley for an entire year when he was injured. Like, you would speak to him on a weekly basis. It's a beautiful story. If it, It's still out there. You mm, guys should go piece. read it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he... Uh, he Unfortunately, got injured before the World Cup, right? Funnily enough, I did bump into his dad at the Perth airport. Of course you he did. lands and then his uh, uh, son gets injured and the whole family flies back. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, not funny, it was like it was interesting like how it worked out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Reese Topley's bowling has really gone through the roof in 20 cricket, hasn't it, in the last couple? He would, have, he would have played a big role in England's campaign if he hadn't gotten injured. So you've obviously seen a lot more of him than I have, Jared. I thought it was a good pick. Yeah, I... Th- I think he's a backup because Baron Dorf didn't play last year, and they needed to uh, they needed to uh, fill that spot. Was my guess, but yeah, look, I remember when I first started doing analytics, his name kept popping really early on, mm. and and it's just that he hasn't played enough. It's not that he can't yeah. do these things. Uh, he's very good with the ball. Um, no, no, I, I I really liked it. I think RCB we won't get uh, bogged down because you need to get to the ground. But I, I thought RCB's. You know, their entire fate probably uh, depends on how Siraj plays because he had such yeah. a spectacularly poor year. Oh, he did it. Uh, the Royals uh, get Joe Root because they're afraid that they weren't English enough. Uh, so they've got <gasps> Joe Root. But I think Jason Holder is the interesting one there. Their mm. tail was dreadful last year and they basically really struggled with the bat. Holder at seven and Ashwin at eight looks a lot better. It's not that either of their all-time batting records are fantastic. But it gives it gives the top order a little bit more strength. Um, it, last year they did very poorly at the death because they could only fit Obed McCoy into half the games, and I think he went in about mm. eight and over at the death when he actually bowled. It's possible that that because they have to play Holder, Holder will play at the death. He takes a lot of wickets at the end, but also goes at like eleven runs and over. Yeah, uh, which means that I would assume that Bolt or Prashid Krishna will have to bowl a lot more at the death, and they did not. I don't think. I think Krishna went at 10 and a half and over last year and Bolt didn't bowl there very much at all. I think one of them is going to have to bowl a few more overs this year. Unless Ashwin just finds a way of becoming a death bowler. You can back him to do that. Like, yeah, you never know. Don't, you know. So silly no of about, me to not, ex- 
to not mention that. Yeah, no, that is fair. Uh, uh, he will open the bowling, close the bowling, and be the wicketkeeper uh, <laughs> in true under-12 star. Uh, Lucknow, Puran, uh, that's a lot of money. A lot of money for someone who's uh, never really set the IPL alert. I think there are no. a couple of innings there. No. I mean, uh, people keep saying that. He had a year and a half where he was incredible in the IPL. But unfortunately, uh, right. if you that's look... That's when I wasn't watching. <laughs> But if you look at, but, but that's the common thought, right? But yeah. if you actually have a look at his entire career, he had yeah. two years in all T20 cricket where he was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, it took him a long time to get going. We, we know yeah. his backstory and the car accident and not developing quick enough. But he's now had, I think 2019 was his last really, really top mm. level T20 year. We're a long way away from that now. He's had three yeah. years. This year, I think he averaged uh, 26 with a strike rate of about 135, 136. It's yeah. fine, but it's not mm. Nicholas Perrin numbers. Yeah. yeah. So um, from that perspective, it seems like a weird one. But if you look at Lucknow, they kind of, I feel like they just needed someone who could bat at number three. And maybe, I mean, I would, if I had the choice, I think I would have gone Riley Russo ahead of him now, even mm. if Riley Russo is a bit older and doesn't have the same ceiling. Yeah. If you're looking at this year, Riley Russo might've been the better bet, but I can also see looking at this, why you would think that Puran is maybe your safest bet. Oh, yeah. And again, he's still youngish and like he mm. still seems like a long-term investment. It's so much has happened in his career. <laughs> he's been captain of West Indies. He's no longer captain. You'll think that he's in his early 30s. He's not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that seems like one of the, the... Especially the amount of money they were ready to like, you know, spend on him uh, also tells you, again, it goes back to being right place, right time, the right auction as well. But also how they maybe see him as as, as a long-term prospect, right? Like, yeah, maybe even a future captain. Like, uh, I'm sure we'll come to Chennai and Ben Stokes. Uh, but, uh, I mean, two players at different stages of their career, of course. But uh, that could be one way of looking at it as well. Yeah, I'm, it's almost like... It's almost like a reclamation project. I could understand you spending three or four hundred thousand dollars on him and then seeing how it's going. But obviously, they weren't the only team that wanted wanted him. Yeah, and you know, that's true. There's and that shows enough. you that the teams are still thinking that there's a lot there. Um, uh, Kane Williamson and Gujarat. It just, I mean, I don't know. Thoughts. <laughs> uh, I mean, it felt like I'm purely. I love Kane Williamson. As a person, as a cricketer, purely on the basis of how, who doesn't, yeah, uh, uh, on the basis of how his T20 year has gone, it almost felt like a, a goodwill gesture, like to Kane Williamson. Uh, but look, and the one thing we saw with that team is with Ashish Nehra and Hardik Pandya is there's, there's this air of, uh, you know, do what you feel like, like, play the way you want to about that team uh, to, to a large extent. So maybe that will allow Kane. It hasn't helped Kane Williamson that he's been captain and he's also been part of a franchise like the Sunrisers for so long. Like, you know, we've always heard about uh, different kinds of pressures behind the scenes. Uh, David David Warner fiasco would not have helped. You know how close those two are in real life. In real life, this is all the wrestling. <laughs> not in real life, I meant off-field. Um, uh, but I think that also had a bearing on how he went about it. Now, no captaincy, and like I said, he could be given an, a role he hasn't had before. It could work out. I am actually going to put my money on Kane Williams and having a great season for them this time. I don't think he'll play that much. I wonder <laughs> if, 
I can't remember what year was it. Was it 2018 or 2019 when RCB got McCullum and McCullum kind of played as this sort of backup captain? Mm, yeah, um, true. With, with Vera. I wondered if that was the thoughts and they were just, not, not that Hardik needed guidance or anything, but just we have this spot. We, we know that we can use him to bat four or five games a year um, if we need to, and then we can yeah. go about it that way. Um, and since you're the expert on all things Chennai, I finish up with a Ben Stokes. What have you got for me there? Oh, I'm surprised it took Ben Stokes so long to go to Chennai. He's such a such a Chennai kind of cricketer, right? Like he, uh, he's loyal and he's uh, he just has everything about him. He looks good in yellow. I think I, I don't know. If we've seen him in yellow. That's but the he most was, important thing. Oh, that's the most important thing. Uh, what else matters, right? Like yeah, it, it's funny, right? All those years ago, what thirteen years ago when the first English big names started coming into the IPL, I mean, uh, some did play in 2008, uh, Andrew Flintoff went to Chennai, didn't he? Like, you know, and it's... it's Controversially, if you remember. Very controversially, of course. Yeah, and uh, uh, he, he got injured soon after. And uh, I hope he's doing well, by the way. Uh, you know, I hope our first prayers and thoughts with him. Hope he's mm. doing better after the terrible accident. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that Ben Stokes has gone. I honestly expected him to be playing for Chennai earlier than this. Um, he's had like, uh, of course, he took a break from the IPL uh, last couple of years or last year, uh, but he had that run with Pune, which was, I think by far was his best run in the IPL. Right, he, that hundred he scored was quite special. The one matches for them, uh, but yeah, like I saw someone put on social media, it's also like uh, the old rising Pune super giants coming together, Dhoni, Rahane and uh, Ben Stokes. Yeah, who knows, maybe uh, Steve Smith comes in there somehow. I, don't know, I know he's not part of it now, but uh, you know, injury, injury replacement, Steve Smith potentially, who knows. But yeah, so uh, I, I think he will be captaining Chennai Super Kings next year. It just, it's written in the stars, isn't it? Like, yeah, this should be Dhoni's last season. And once he's done with that, I have a very strong feeling Ben Stokes has been brought in, not just because he's Ben Stokes, the cricketer, but also Ben Stokes, the captain. And, you know, he doesn't play one-day cricket anymore. Uh, maybe by then the ashes would be over. How many years of test cricket does he have left at that point? He could well be captaining Chennai Super Kings for five years you know, to, to finish off his internet or finish off his cricket career. That's how I see it anyway. So, and that's how Chennai like to do it as well, right? Like, they like to bring in established stars. And to, they have created a few, of course, over the years. But, yeah, that's a very Chennai pick. for me. But, I mean, technically, I would say that over the history, they've been more about role players. So, mm. the fact that they've overpaid for someone who underperforms in general in the IPL, I think you're right. I think it does sort of smell of that, uh, you know, if we can get him around for a long period of time. The Interesting thing is how much time he will spend focusing on the IPL. And I mean mentally oh. and preparing and everything else. But um, that's uh, that's a problem for when the season starts, not now. I'm going to let you head down yes, to please. the MCG. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to play an ad and you can leave. Um, but uh, thank you to Bharat and thank you for everyone for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Sure. Bye. Thanks for listening to the 99.94 Network. Cricket every day. Remember to download our app or just search for your favorite team at 99.94 where you find podcasts on Google or YouTube. This show has an ad-free version via Patreon and there are many other extras available there as well. There is a link to the show notes. 
The show is hosted by me, Jared Kimber. Barrett Sindarisen is my co-host. It is produced by Nick McCorriston. We also have a great production team from 42 with Rati Joshi on socials, Orajoti, Senapayi, and Maida Akam producing podcasts. And Makunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube account. 